Take a bit of height. That's better. So let us pray. Lord, you communicate with us in so many ways, through a gentle whisper, through the worship songs, and through your word. Thank you for ears to hear and a heart to receive. Speak to us, we pray today, through your spirit. We're listening, Lord. Amen. Last week, Amy prepared the ground so well for my message today. So thank you, Amy. I too love gardening, and I love my garden. I haven't bought any props. Where Amy said she uses a trowel to dig out weeds, I would have had to bring a spade. Because you see, I've got two plants in my garden that are a real problem. Weeds. Two specific weeds. Bindweed, which wraps itself around every available plant. And it's just a nuisance. It seems to come from nowhere. And the second one is ground elder. Now, I didn't recognize it as a weed at first, but it takes over every space available and it spreads through its weeds, through the roots. No matter what I try, I only touch the surface. I just want to get rid. So I've read many gardening manuals over the years, watched Monty Don and the various other gurus, and the consensus of opinion seems to be you've just got to keep digging them up, digging them up until they weaken and eventually grow. Go. Well, I've been digging those weeds up for 27 years, and they're still there. The bindweed isn't quite as vast as it was, but it's still there. And well, the ground down there, that's just impossible. And so that leads us nicely on to weeds and the parable of the weeds in the field. We know Jesus told parables. He told stories taken from nature and human life. He began six of his parables with the words, the kingdom of heaven is like. In addition to its encouragement to all of us believers that the coming harvest will come, it can also teach us so many lessons. So let's begin. There was an owner who sowed wheat in his field, but an enemy came and sowed weeds. The servant of the owner, seeing that there were weeds growing, asked if they should uproot them. The owner said, wait until the harvest to avoid harming the wheat. At the harvest, the weeds were pulled out and burned, and the wheat was stored away. Jesus explained that the field is the world. He was the one that sowed the good seed, the people of the kingdom, and the evil one was the one that sowed the bad seed, the people of the evil one. The harvesters are the angels that will take out the evil during the end times, leaving the righteous to shine. In this story, the kingdom of heaven is likened to life on a farm. A man sowed good seed. At night, though, his enemy came and sowed bad seed in the field, the weeds, and then he went away. The farmer knew that his enemy had been at work, trying to ruin his crop. After some time, both the good seeds and the weeds sprouted and formed heads. 
These weeds are an annual grass that look really very much like wheat. It was thought it was probably darnel. In its early stages of growth, as the plant matures, the roots of both weeds and wheat intertwine and become almost inseparable. When it comes to harvest, however, if it is darnel, the weeds become a different colour. But separating is still necessary as the weeds, the possibly darnel, are toxic. And the usual thing is to spread them out on a flat surface and then just separate them. And so we can learn from that that the weeds and the wheat can only be separated, only be separated at the proper time. Jesus indicated that the time when the weeds will be uprooted, he said at the time of the harvest, the weeds will be collected and burned. He wasn't going to uproot weeds at random or some arbitrary time. Instead, the harvest time was when the wheat was going to be ready to be collected. Once the final harvest is made, that's judgment in God's kingdom. Evil can no longer hide in the spiritual world. It's only then that a clean separation can be made between the wheat and the weeds. God's people and the enemy's people. So this parable helps to explain God's kingdom. God creates everything good, including people. God's enemy tempts God's people, and some of those people choose evil over God. These two groups of people live side by side, but will be separated at the time of the final judgment, when our hearts are laid bare. So uprooting the weeds early would have affected the wheat. It appears that waiting for the harvest has more to do with the protection of the wheat than it is about getting rid of the weeds. When the servants asked the owner if they should pull them up, when they saw them, the owner said no. And he continued by saying, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat. When everything was ripe, it was going to be easier to make a distinction between the weeds and the wheat. Likewise, at the proper time, those who are of the kingdom versus those who are not will become apparent. So while it may seem like God isn't doing anything about unbelievers, remember, we too were unbelievers once. Just as God was patient with us, we should be patient also. In 2 Peter 3.9, speaking of the timing of Jesus' return, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. Remember that, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone, everyone to come to repentance. Since Jesus came when farming was a major part of life, it's not surprising that the parables reference seeds and sowing. Last week, Amy explained the parable of the sower. This week, the parable of the weeds. And in the future, we'll look at the parable of the mustard seed. When a seed is sown, something happens. Something grew. The growth of the weeds and the wheat come from something. 
both with the reaction of prior, of taken prior. Both were a result of action taken prior. At the start of the parable, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but the enemy came and sowed weeds. The wheat became about because the farmer sowed the seed. Weeds on the other hand seemed to grow out of nowhere. In reality, just like there's seeds for desirable plants, such as wheat, there are seeds for wheat, weeds also. If I didn't cut down my bindweed, they'd come into those big white flowers and then those seeds would fall on the soil and there would be bindweed everywhere. Since it's impossible for something to grow that hasn't been planted, we shouldn't expect to get anything out of nothing. That is why the servants in the parable were shocked to see the weeds. They questioned the sower. Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? Jesus went on to say that after the weeds are pulled out, the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. In the explanation, the righteous shining after the weeds are pulled out teaches us that weeds, when the angels take them out, are described as everything that causes sin and do evil. And their removal will leave the righteous shining. But, but, in the same way the weeds are pulled out of the world and the righteous shine, we should pull out the weeds of negativity out of our lives to shine. We may have positive attributes, but because negative attributes are also present, they diminish that positive. And so with the weeds in my garden, the bindweed just wraps itself and intertwines around all the plants around it. And by doing so, they, the bindweed stunts the growth of the other plants. And we limit our growth in faith, often distancing ourselves from God, damaging our prayer life when we need to deepen our faith. Ground eldritch through the roots that they spread. As I say, I didn't recognize them as weeds at first. I thought they were ground cover. And they spread and they take over. We often can't see the idols and the addictions taking over our lives. No time to worship. No time for God. Everything God creates is good. But we are imperfect. And the devil preys on our flaws. He tempts us into sin before we even realize it. He plants seeds of jealousy, selfishness, anger, unforgiveness. When we let him into our minds and hearts, he tries to displace God. We can turn away from God before we even realize him. That's what we're doing. Recognizing the presence of anyone and anything that starts to pull us away from God is the first step of saying no to evil. I'm going to repeat that. It's important. Recognizing 
the presence of anyone or anything that starts to pull us away from God is the first step to say no to evil and preventing us from becoming weeds. Drawing near to God helps us to stay firmly rooted in his love. It's when we allow ourselves to drift away from God that we open the door to evil. In this world, it takes a conscious and continuous effort to keep the weeds of negativity out of our lives. As you've likely witnessed, it takes no effort at all for weeds to grow. The weeds as if growing by default, stealing our time, our health, and even our money, if we don't do anything to stop them. Jesus teaches us that we should get rid of anything in our lives that causes us to sin. You and I are sometimes wheat and sometimes weeds. St. Augustine, when looking at this parable, is quoted as saying, there is a difference between people and real grain and real weeds. For what was grain in the field is grain. And what were wheat in the field, what were, I keep getting mixed up between wheat and weeds, and what were weeds are weeds. But in the Lord's field, at times what was grain turns into weeds. And at times what were weeds turn into grain. We can rejoice when that happens, can't we? And no one knows what they will be tomorrow. We can be sure that no evil comes from God, yet evil weeds exist in every part of society. As humans, we are all contained some measure of it in our humanness. Secondly, evil exists in our hearts, so it's not always detectable. We should replace the weeds with good seed. It's not enough simply to weed out the negativity of our lives. The weeds should be replaced with good seeds. We must be intentional in our relationship with God by nurturing it as we will grow a seed into a large plant. We must give it the time, the attention, and the nourishment that it needs to grow. Growing closer to God doesn't happen by accident. It's intentional. It happens when we make him the top priority of our lives. It flourishes when we seek to live according to his will and not our own desires. When we say no to human vices, we automatically draw closer to God. Living the life God wants us to live, listening to and following him, we are to meditate on his word. Something that Richard said this morning, and he began with that wonderful passage. We're to be a stream that ultimately causes us to shine. Psalm 1, 1 to 3 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, 
and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. God lays out choices and it's up to us to choose to do what is right. The amazing thing is God doesn't condemn us, he forgives us. Jesus, when his enemies nailed him to the cross, he forgave them. Risen from the dead, he forgave those disciples who weren't there with him in, their, in his hour of need. And he uses them and us in the business of spreading his forgiveness to all who need it. Once the harvest is in, the weeds will be recognized and thrown into the fire. There's mercy. God is merciful. Scripture says that his mercy is new every morning and great is his faithfulness. We have an awesome God. We have a wonderful, powerful God who loves us so much. His mercy is all we need and his grace. Isn't that awesome? If we can humbly kneel before him and confess our sins, he forgives us. He forgives us. And Jesus died on the cross for our sin. There is a God who welcomes us with open arms. And yes, there are both wheat and weeds. Who's one and who's the other? Augustus, Augustine reminds us that no one will know what they will be tomorrow. There is divine forgiveness. The willingness to let wheat and weeds grow together for a season because they are somehow inseparable. We aren't to judge. We don't judge. It's only God who judges. Whether we are always capable of living in the light of that truth, it's clear from this parable and from the cross that forgiveness and forbearance are God's way of working in a broken world. Our preoccupation with weeds must not stop us from recognizing that the harvest happens. Enough to make the landowner and the farmhand rejoice. The seed was good and bore through adversity a fruitful harvest. So the parable ends with a wonderful note of brilliant triumph about the harvest. The righteous shall shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And again we read, he who has ears, let him hear. Sadly, there are many today who've heard the stories about Jesus, even attending church, but they refuse to see or accept the truth about him. Never grasping the central meaning of the cross. Some may not want to know, and some may be seeking. God loves us so much that he came in the person of Jesus to show us what he is like and to die in our place, taking the punishment that our sins deserve. 
he longs for all people to turn back to him and accept Jesus as their saviour and then live their lives under his rule and authority to live rightly. He or she who has ears, let them hear. Evil is real, but not ultimate. Greater by far are those who shine in their Father's kingdom, those who mirror the bright light of divine compassion. This parable invites us to costly discipleship, and our response is to forgive and to put our trust in the purposes of God. God has a plan he is working out. Be patient. God the landowner practices forgiveness and patience. And by example, we are to do the same. We can see that in the world, the wheat and the weeds grow together. Sometimes in dramatic and horrible ways. And sometimes in ordinary, ugly ways. So as a wise believer, be ready for and patiently await the harvest when God will make that distinction between the righteous and the unrighteous. Sow good seeds so that you reap accordingly and weed out the negativity of our lives while adding positivity. Remember from 2 Peter that God doesn't want anyone to perish the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. While on earth, we have a role to fill. We can fulfill God's will by sharing the gospel, by sharing the message of Jesus and his love and his kindness and his awesomeness to those who are separated from him so they will know his saving power. We are his hands and feet. We have to do it. All those we know who, who don't believe, we have to show that love and that gospel message. And at the time of our eternal judgment, our inner being will become known and the goodness of believers will shine forth as bright light, may we use our time on earth to pursue God's will and pray that we find ourselves welcome into his kingdom when that time comes. Amen.